Tonight, on Rogue Padron, fly away to the danger zone. Go, Tycho, go. What a ship really is, is freedom. Teamwork makes the dream work. Strenuous negotiations. And wanted, a legion of Ewoks. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. <laughs> I forgot about a Rogue One question. Whatever. You, oh, can think. you have like two minutes to think of one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 4, Mission 7 of Rogue Padron. Tonight we'll be covering the last bits of X-Wing, the Back to War. But before then, here's a quick reminder of our hosts. If Saf, Rogue Seven, was a natural wonder of the world, well, it's not natural. It's pretty, all these are man-made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she would be the Tower of Pisa because they knew right away it was sinking, but just decided to keep going and reinforce it later. And that's definitely how Saf approaches life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's so true. <laughs> just keep going, Saf. Go. <laughs> you got this. You got this. <laughs> Danny, Rogue Six would be Stonehenge, full of mysteries and conspiracy theories, but probably was just put there because it looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that actually there are two Stonehenges? <laughs> I did not know that. Isn't there like no. a smaller Stonehenge? <laughs> like a, like a smaller glistening Bodhi. <laughs> there are two Stonehenges, but the second one is actually Tom Hanks. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, think about is it. Was this in like one of those? Uh, I forgot the author's name, but the guy who did Da Vinci Code. Was <laughs> <Probably. laughs> one of those books? It's a Da Vinci Code puzzle. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> There's Heath Rogue Three, who would be the Great Wall of China because if he could, he would definitely keep out everyone he hates with an indestructible fortress. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be the porcelain tower of Nanjing because after it was utterly destroyed and it was resiliently rebuilt even more glorious than before. Yes. Oh, these are so cute. And also a little bit too real. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. All of them are a little too real. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's your turn, Danny. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of being too real, I have a question about Rogue One. Do you? <laughs> so I forgot that I was supposed to ask a question about Rogue One. So I just Googled Rogue One questions. And I came oh, up with an no, article Danny. on ABC News that says seven burning questions about Rogue One. So let's go through these one by one. Okay. Question number one. What is the timeline on this? Oh, God, Danny, don't uh, do this. Before <laughs> episode four. Danny, why are, you, why are you like, like this? <laughs> okay, but for real, um, 
I ha- haven't finished Catalyst yet, uh, but I have started it, and I'm guessing mm-hmm, the same mm-hmm. is true for the rest of you. So I just wanted to get your non-spoilery thoughts on the book so far. My thoughts are I don't have the book. Great. My thoughts are I'm probably not going to read it for a while. So I just asked Nerf to give me the Cliff Notes version when he's done. <laughs> nice. Hey, Heath. I'm 80% of the way through, and I really like it so far. And... It's making me excited to see some of these characters in the movie. Like, characters who I thought were like, oh, cool, but didn't, like, care too much about. Now I'm, like, excited to see them in action. Yeah, I agree. I'm not quite as far as you. Um, I, The only thing I can think to say right now is that I'm thrilled with the amount of, as, as you said on Twitter the other day, thrilled with the amount of Poggle the Lesser that we're getting to see yes. in this book. Because... <laughs> So Talk much. about a character that needs more of a backstory. Oh, God. I was so excited to have some Poggle in my life. <laughs> oh, my um, God. But I like that it's taking a character like that who, like, was very non-instrumental in that scene in Attack of the Clones and is, you know, making him a part of the grander mythology. And there's a lot of that yep. going on because, as we've talked about in past episodes, there's a lot of kind of little bits and pieces about the Death Star pre-A New Hope, and it's and we're kind of seeing that all get tied together with this book, which is cool. Yeah. Agreed. So, between the four of us, we've read 100% of the book, and our review is... Go read it. Poggle the Lesser. Poggle the Lesser. Yes. <laughs> five out of five Poggles. <laughs> that was a great scale. I feel like that's how we have to judge things from now on. Yep. Every Next installment of like Poe Dameron comic will be like 4.5 Poggles out of Poggles. Out of five is it like half a Poggle? <laughs> yes. Can it be a glistening Poggle? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything on the show that isn't glistening. <laughs> we, nothing can exist on the show if it doesn't glisten. <laughs> well, I'll no, see myself out then. No, <laughs> okay. Well... Speaking of people who glisten, let's get into Rogue Squadron. <clears throat> Where we start, back with Corin, and for a dude who has almost died more than everybody else on the squad put together, Corin sure is a cocky son of a bitch. <laughs> they are. <laughs> They are busy dogfighting with the TIE fighters who are trying to defend the Lusankia. But what's really important in the scene is that we find that Oral is a BAMF. And he is just taking out X-Wings left and right and, like, protecting Corrin. And it's just amazing. You know how we said that Oral gets, like, a new power all the time? Yes. I never actually expect it to be his good flying. I know! He's <laughs> leveling up! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's because he's being evaluated. Like they dropped that back in like episode two or whatever. But there are people watching him. Yes, and he's one of those rare things people. That I watched, though. Well, no, that and that's what the superpower is. Is that unlike the rest of us who suddenly turn into a bumbling fool when we're being evaluated, he's just like, <laughs> "I'm awesome." Got this. Yeah. yeah, that is the ultimate superpower, and I wish I had it. We all do. It's we all wish one. we were oral. We could just, you know. Use their hands to like drill through people's <laughs> faces. <laughs> Probably not much of a was, but I think it'd be really great. Anyway, aboard the Losankia, Captain Dreiso is super mad about Lyanka 
and is doing whatever it takes to capture the freedom, even though everyone else on the ship that the, thinks that this is a terrible idea. I really enjoyed this because it was literally everyone else. And yeah, it was everybody. like just a page of just Seryanka being like, or I'm uh, sorry, Dryso being like, we're going to do the thing. And one person's like, we shouldn't do the thing. And Dryso's like, nah, we're going to do the thing. And another person's like, yo, we shouldn't do the thing. And Dryso's like, nah, bro, we're doing the thing. Let's do that thing. <laughs> and I was like, no. And they're all just like, peace out. <laughs> oh, so good. Back on the ground, Voru is trying to make his escape. At least he tells his receptionist to hide and say terrible things about Voru in order to secure her safety. So that's a decent thing to do, even though he's like ogled her this whole time. So mixed feelings about that. He has the Typharian Home Defense Force stormtroopers walk him down to his shuttle and surprise, down the hall, he hears the ship powering up already. When he arrives in the hangar, he sees the Royal Guards defending the ship, which means that Isard is in there taking in and running. Voro vows to get out of this and serve her up some payback. The rogues go the, ro- the rogues go on their first like torpedo and strafing run against the Lusankia because uh, against the battery cannons because they are what makes Lusankia the most dangerous. So much ship battle that I shoot don't the get guns that. with some guns. Exactly. <laughs> what can win against guns? More guns. That's a very American way of thinking about it. I was gonna say that's very relevant. <laughs> Gosh. Actually, wait. Speaking of America, no. I noticed that they use. <laughs> can we not, the, please? <laughs> they use the measurement kilometer in this book. Do you guys actually use kilometers over there? No. no. Okay, I didn't think so. Only when we want but to sound pretentious. Is kilometers. I'm, I like space. Space knows where it's at. I was gonna say, I think all like in all the Star Wars books, yeah, they use, they use m- metric. metrics instead of probably because they want it to sound more spacey and yeah, foreign. They want <laughs> space. Everybody <laughs> uses <laughs> metrics if you. Right, but Saf were the center of the universe. They're 190 uh. centimeters tall. <laughs> like man, just say six foot two. <laughs> no. Anyway, Dryso aboard the Lusankia is thinking they'll all be fine. After all, it's only two t- proton torpedoes per X-Wing, but surprise, it ends up being 80 total. He was only but- off by 78. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> they, the torpedoes end up destroying the bow shield and let the Freedom do some considerable damage. Unfortunately, the Lusankia fired back and the Freedom is also damaged, so... That was kind of a everybody lost kind of situation. Womp womp. They finally figured out that the missiles came from the freighters that are hanging out in the peripheral of the battle. And they were using the X-Wing telemetry and targeting for tracking. Dreisau now orders the Lusankia to destroy the freighters instead of focusing on the stump fighters. Okay, question that I yes. probably shouldn't be asking on our last episode of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Where did Dryso come from? Like, he, he was, was a, a relatively Sanky. insignificant character, and then all of a sudden I feel like he's just all over these last few chapters. Well, we weren't aboard the Lusankia before. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's just captaining that ship. Yeah, he's just the captain of Lusankia. Was he around when Lusankia was under the ground, or were they just like, oh, we need to he find a new captain was. now that we're airborne again? He probably was, but remember that at that time, Isard was on the Lusankia, and therefore she would be in charge. Ah, right, yes. Yeah. 
So back in the darkness of space, Taiko and Nawara are flying together as Rogue 7 and 8. They are finishing off some TIE fighters before taking their second run on Lusankia. We find out that Errol Num's droid crew on the Valiant has been making a Valiant effort trying to take out more of the Lusankia shields. They continue to fight and maneuver smartly, so all of the enemy fires hitting their strongest parts and are staying pretty safe, at least better than the Freedom is. Tycho calls in to say that he's ready for one more torpedo run, but Wedge stops him, informing him to take Corn and Oral and chase after the, the Lombada starship, saying that it's a good chance it's ice hard. And Wedge just ends that line just saying, go Tycho, go, which, imagining in my head, it's super dramatic. <laughs> just, it's always dramatic when it's yeah. Wedge. But like super dramatic, like he almost like whispers it to him. <laughs> that's what it is about it. Yep. it's kind of weird anyway also back on the ground Yella and Eskul's, Eskul's whatever team are going after the trapped imperial officer they see on the cameras when they have him cornered he calls out surrender and they realize that's Voru Voro thinks he'll make a deal with the New Republic and get off basically scot-free Yella threatens to kill him right there but he calls her bluff and instead, she lets Elskull shoot him. Surprise! Yella had put Elskull's blaster on stun. Uh, I was so mad. So mad. <laughs> I was like, yes, he's finally gone. Nope. Just kidding. Okay. Yella reasons that they might not actually take him back to the New Republic. Maybe they'll just dump him back on Kessel. And I don't think Yella realizes that Elskull has zero care about being labeled a murderer. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure she's killed a lot of people in very similar situations. I like yeah. how Elskull came on as being, like, this expert in revolutions. And it turns out that the way Elskull does that is by just killing literally everyone. <laughs> I mean, does it not work? France, it kind of worked, right? <laughs> Don't you mean space France? No, I mean actual France. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about space France. I, France hmm. uses the kilometers, so as far as I'm concerned, it's definitely space. It's in space. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Right. Now aboard the Freedom, we find that they are in okay shape shields are at 70 percent. they have some port weapons maneuverability is like 50 so they're able to run away but yanka announces that they are going to stand and fight it's not about what they're getting paid it's about their freedom which nice name of the ship <laughs> <laughs> he did the thing <laughs> <laughs> if wedge loses here Isard will hunt them all down and kill everybody the Freedom is the only one with enough firepower to destroy the Lusankia, so they need to stay there and destroy it, and it's the only way that they can survive long-term. Plus, it'll be a nice buy-in to the New Republic after it's all over. What does that mean? It's basically mean? two pages of like, how great Ser Yanka is. <laughs> yeah. He is pretty great. What does that mean that it'll be a nice buy-in to the New Republic? That... They will probably not be tried as war criminals <laughs> and gotcha. receive like full pardons, 
which is pretty nice. The full pardons are all right. Yeah. Because Not being tried as a war criminal is ideal. Also good, right? Like, they'll, <laughs> they will be pretty much free from any implications of them formerly working with the Empire. So, probably oh, worth it if they ever want to settle. Oh, sorry. It's fine. Probably worth it if they ever want to settle on a planet that has, like, New Republic ties. So, good for them. <laughs> Wedge and Asir are supposed to be making their last run against the Lysankia, but Asir can't shake the tie on her tail. Unfortunately, there's finally a good tie pilot, and they hit Asir, causing her to roll her X-Wing out of the battle. She's not responding to Wedge's hails, and while Gate is collecting info on Asir, Wedge goes in for his last torpedo run. Oh no, I'm sensing a Gavin sad part coming. <laughs> when Wedge announces it on the comms. He doesn't receive any acknowledgement back. But he goes in anyway, determined to do as much damage as possible, even with his lasers, once he's used his last torpedoes. So, Meg, I don't think you intended to troll us, but at this <laughs> point in my brain, Asir was so dead. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I I didn't believe she was dead because she didn't die on, on screen. Um, all of my laughing in the last episode was because I knew that this was not Gavin <laughs> this year. <set. laughs> so rude. So you rude. all thought you were going to be sad, and I'm just like... <laughs> uh, Your cackling sounded like you were excited about us being sad. No, I was I, excited about you realizing you're not going to be sad yet. Right, yet. and now I have to live with the stress of knowing that somewhere in the next six books, there's a Gavin sad <laughs> yeah. part. I I had like mentally prepared myself for it and like put off reading and everything because I thought for sure Gavin was just dead. And then Sunday morning, right? I just like decided to plow through it all and everyone's fine. Oh my god! (laughs) Well, the big final battle—they sure didn't have very many casualties in the main cast. Hey, we didn't have any. (laughs) Noara Ven's leg is hide-eyeing all of you right now. Uh, I was Look, worried okay. about Noara for a minute. Yeah, I thought he was dead for a minute. Nah, Aura was protecting him. Yeah. Alien bud. Right? Yeah. Anyway. He was glowing in the dark to protect him. Ersi and her squad have been directed to guard Isard on her way out of Typhara. The Lysankia is supposed to follow after her and pick up the ties on their way out. They notice the four ro- rogues that are now in pursuit. Back aboard the Lusankia, they are in still okay shape. Despite <laughs> leaving the freedom adrift in space, it manages to pierce deep into the Lusankia, taking out all of their shields. Well, ouch. Whoops. <laughs> Dryso gets the message from Isar to follow her shuttle to get out of there before they are killed. Dryso refuses, knowing that they are about to win the fight because there's nothing left out there except the already injured Valiant. Then, the virulence shows up in the system, and Dryso orders it to deploy its ties to finish off the rogues. Dryso really needs to learn from his history. Like, I feel like <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin was an example. Only once. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, Surprise. I don't know. Oh, go ahead. The rise of fascism. It's just like, yeah. pay attention to history. If it starts yeah. happening again, do something differently. Uh-huh. Nope. He's actually doing everything exactly the same. Right. Even though... <laughs> Fine. 
surprise, it's a squadron of A-Wings that exit the virulence. Specifically, ace leader Pash Kraken. Uh, yes. Of course. Never mind that he only showed up because he was feeling lonely and bored. Pash was ready for this, okay? <laughs> I just want to have friends. <laughs> I just want to be a rogue. <laughs> Booster had unwittingly pulled them out at Yagdul with a gravity well projector and convinced the captain to surrender the virulence to him, saying it was all part of the plan. <laughs> The Verlins then opens fire along with the Valiant, and they just wreck the Lusankia. Back over on the other side of the battle, Corrin really wants to bring Erisi down. They start engaging Unlike with before ties. when he really wanted to go down on Erisi. Uh, I think it's no. more where Erisi really wanted to go down. Fair. I'm going to end you, Denny. That's fine. <laughs> I deserve that. That's fine. <laughs> They start engaging with the ties, and unfortunately, Noir goes extravehicular. As you do. For once in these entire four books, Corrin decides he is not going to die in this fight. And the clouds opened up, and the choir of angels began to sing. Right? Just heaven's light is shining down on him. <laughs> and so, of course, this is where he dies. Right? <laughs> and his dad, dad's voice came... And said, Corin, I'm proud of you. <laughs> that probably is what happens when he dies. <laughs> Except yeah, Corin died after I'm, so we never got to hear what his dad <laughs> oh, actually no. said. That's going to haunt him forever. <laughs> I mean, he's going to haunt forever. <laughs> yes, also that. <laughs> oh my god, if Corin dies, he could be a force ghost. Yep. <laughs> he could be. Never gonna get rid of him. and Corin start dogfighting for a while until Tycho tells him to hurry the f up. <laughs> no, no, no euphemisms here. <laughs> Corin then manages to kill her by distracting her with torpedoes while he sneaks up on her blinded sensors and forces her to crash into a moon. Yeah, yay. I, I guess it was a really. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> well, as Corey mentions, it was a very, n not normal, but just a very unexciting, just kind of lame death. So, Eresi would hate it, which was like a weird line for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Eresi just died. Sure she would have hated that. Being dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's, a little bit. It's fine. Back where the Vasankia is, they're really not wanting to endanger the prisoners they're meant to rescue aboard the ship. So Wedge opens the comm channel to the Vasankia. Admiral Dreiso <laughs> refuses to surrender, but soon um, he is soon incapacitated and acting Captain Weren surrenders under any conditions they have. I love this. So, two key points. Dreso made himself an admiral. <laughs> <laughs> Warred probably just came up behind him and smacked him with something and then assumed command. That's literally exactly how I imagined it in my head. <laughs> like, Warred yeah. just had a lead pipe or something him. and just walked up behind him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, we're done with this ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> and the people in the background over. are probably just, like, hog-tying him. Yeah. Excellent. 
Corrin has trouble catching up to Isard thanks to Vora's upgraded shields, lasers, and defenses. He does his best to keep Isard from going to hyperspace, but she eventually figures him out and levels out to make her jump. Corrin has the brilliant idea to just ram her. But before he can do that, two torpedoes streak by and hit the shuttle dead on. It erupts in a glorious space fire. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Icehard. Yeah. At least she got, like, a glorious explosion. Right? Corrin had accidentally gotten a target lock that Tycho used to fire his last two torpedoes. And ever the gentleman, Tycho tells Corrin that they got Icehard together. Aww. I'm confused. First what do you need help with, Danny? <laughs> well, see, I went ahead and found the rest of the X-Wing books at the Half Price Bookstore. And uh-huh. decided oh, no. to go ahead and put them on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at one that we haven't read yet entitled Isard's Revenge. Uh-huh. So I'm just I mean, very she, curious she how zombie, zombie Isard. I'm sorry, I what's mean, that? She doesn't have to be alive to get revenge. It could be like a leftover threat. Leftover? Also, <laughs> Isard's <laughs> Leftover's <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> There is absolutely precedent for zombies in this, so, like, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be zombies. It could be a force ghost. Maybe I she's mean, also force sensitive. She did have one red eye and one blue eye, so if that right? doesn't Maybe that was scream the key zombie. To her. Or what if she has a horcrux? You don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sure, no. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Where do you think J.K. It... Rowling got the idea? <laughs> is it the medallion around <laughs> Corrin's <laughs> neck? Oh my god, what if it was the metallic record snack? And that's why he's so insufferable all the time. Oh my god. Actually, Corrin is like this really sweet and humble human, but just because he has the medallion all the time. Corrin! Imagine if that was actually a thing. That would be the greatest plot twist ever. Uh... I mean, in these books, it would be the greatest what? plot twist ever. What it though? <laughs> Oh, oh, I mean, I... okay, I would genuinely Seth, you're be a writer. <laughs> I am a writer. It's true. Hmm. <laughs> you have amazing plot t- twists just like that. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Well, let's get back to the story. Well, let's keep an eye on that medallion in the future. We do. Keep a weather eye open for it. <clears throat> Weeks after the battle... Corn and Taiko are checking out the prison section of Lusankia. Turns out, Isard had shipped all the prisoners out months ago. And good thing, too, because that section lost atmosphere during the battle and everybody would have been dead. So, win, kind of win? It's confusing. Yeah. Corin is, of course, is back to being Corin and lamenting his fate and how so many mistakes were made and it's all his fault. But Tycho explains why Jan stayed and how he did his job leading because he knew it was the best way to save lives. Corn believed escaping was his best option. Neither is the better thing to do because it was right for each person. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the morally right thing for Jan to do was to selflessly put himself in prison and help people escape. And the morally right thing for Corn to do was to think of no one but himself and just get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He asked Jan to go with him. <laughs> oh, Wiz. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the Elder Kraken is already on the case, 
to track down the prisoners. Of course, Cord insists on racing them to find out, which, dude, why not just join forces? That would be such a better use of your time. See previous bullet point about Corrin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see. Oral shows up using pronouns. Yay. The Gans have declared that he is Jeng... Come on, man. <laughs> Genuine, the rapper. Surprise. The Gans have declared that Oral is Genuine, meaning he is noted and accomplished enough for other Gans and that they will know who he is if he only uses I. Oral reveals that Rogue Squadron has been declared Hin... I don't care. Can you wine? Can you can also use pronouns. Can you wine is a genuine cover band. <laughs> <laughs> they only do pony. Yeah, just various <laughs> renditions of pony in various genres. It's fantastic. <laughs> the polka version is A plus. <laughs> And that's done by Noara then. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) That means they can also use pronouns when talking about themselves. Apparently, they've just been vulgar to rude this whole time, according to Gain culture. But Oral never took offense because they were all just ignorant. Uh, I love that. (laughs) Right? Apparently, being a Jang... Jaguan, I do not care anymore. Um, <laughs> also makes him super sassy. I want to reread these four books from Oral's point of view. <laughs> It'd be good, just, right? Just like every line out of every other character's mouth is just like bleepity bleep bleep bleep. What? That was me censoring swear words. <laughs> oh, I thought you were trying to be a droid. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah. Actually, yes. Never mind. Oral is really there to tell Tycho that Wedge wants to see him and Corrin needs to go report to the Elder Kraken. When Corrin does meet the Elder Kraken, he asks him to talk some sense into Booster. Corrin then asks if he is a Death Star to destroy instead. Booster ins- in- is insisting that he gets to keep the virulence because it was surrendered to him. The New Republic is worried about having an individual, especially one with a not-so-great record, having that much firepower, because the only other individuals that do are warlords. Korn deduces that what Booster really wants is a mobile smuggler's den. If that's the case, the freedom would work just as well. Booster is against this idea, but Cardi thinks it has merit, and Mirax, just for the fun of it, lets it slip that they are engaged. Okay, wait, I have a question. Surprise. Yes. Why are they more willing to give up the freedom than the virulence? Because the freedom's smaller. Oh, that's fair. It's smaller and less advanced and has less weaponry. It's a good reason. Still, like, Star Destroyer, though. Yeah, but the virulence is an impstar deuce, which means it's... (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's it's the highest of the regular Star Destroyers. Oh, so, okay. Like after that is like a superstar destroyer, right? Like Lusankia. So they wouldn't want to give that ship up because it's mega powerful and in excellent shape. Whereas like the Freedom is pretty busted, 
and only has a moderate amount of firepower. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. They end up, there's so much negotiation, and it's fine if you read it, but I don't really want to go over it again. They end up settling with Booster getting the Virulent, renamed the Errant Venture, but with most of its weapons removed, sold to Talon Carde. The Elder Kraken will then buy the weapons with a decent price hike away from Carde to fit them aboard the Freedom. Booster wants this entire thing. Yeah. Sorry. Was, this entire thing was just, it was. A lot of technicalities and confusion for me. It really wasn't necessary. Yeah. Like, you could have just told us in the end that Booster gets the virulence. The end. It was just another shot at some of that. Cardi makes a lot of money. Like, <laughs> good on Kade. He's getting the good cut here. Yeah. Having a good time. Booster wants to have a discussion about the engagement, but Cardi distracts him well enough and they go take care of actual business. In the final chapter, they are gathering around for their celebration wrap-up party. And Wedge thinks that the only things they need now is a full for a full-fledged victory celebration are a bonfire and a legion of Ewoks. So, canon, Wedge loves Ewoks. <laughs> that's a takeaway. Yes, that's, that's what he's saying here. <laughs> we find out that Asir is fine, thanks to Bacta. And Noir lost part of his leg and will now be the new EXO with Taldira taking his place in the squadron. Who's Taldira again? Taldira is the Twilight warrior. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, how convenient they had a Twi'lek to replace the Twi'lek with. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, so- we maintain our diversity score. <laughs> <laughs> Bro Jace will be staying on Typhara to head up their aerospace defense force. So... I don't think they said, or I missed it. Like, what now happens? Is Tycho joining the squadron as a pilot, or because he was the EXO, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tycho is officially a rogue. Is that a promotion? Because I I felt like EXO was like a higher position than the pilots. No, he's still a captain. Oh, okay. So EXO is EXO not. EXO has nothing to do with your rank. Got it. Yeah. So is that what? Um, Wedge wanted to talk to Tycho about when Oro was like, hey, Tycho, Wedge wants to see you, because it was, like, kind of unclear. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I felt, like, very unresolved there. I got excited when Oro was like, hey, Tycho, Wedge wants to see you. thought there was going to be some, like, cool Tycho stuff no. happening. No, but there wasn't. There was not. No. They are like, let's talk about Corrin instead. Let's have Corrin what help negotiate <laughs> this, this Star Destroyer deal. <laughs> oh, God. What else yeah. new? In all the hubbub, the New Republic never processed their resignations. So if the rogues want them, their commissions are available and can be restored ASAP. Of course, everybody agrees. How convenient. I'm pretty sure that this is actually what Wedge wanted to, t- to talk to Tycho about. But we may we know. never know. Maybe Wedge just wanted second. to make out. Also that. <laughs> also fine. This was Surprise! Akbar, right? Akbar was stalling the the processing of the resignations. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He probably just like had them on his desk and like accidentally flipped them into a garbage can, <laughs> or like accidentally, or like he was reading them while he was in the bath and they fell in the water and he's like, oh, I can't read these anymore. Hang on, do. Okay. Duh. I don't know why I'm thinking he has actual papers. It's definitely just all in a hollow pad. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm stuck on Akbar being in a bath. Yeah. 
I mean, you think he, he would take, take baths? I mean, isn't he just always underwater? Oh, he's often not in water. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like when he's on the planet, the Kala That's why he needs planet. his bath time. <laughs> I mean, like you see mermaids in bathtubs on land a lot, a lot. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yes. I. Don't think I've ever seen a mermaid in a bathtub on land before. I mean, <laughs> okay, hold on. Is this a New Zealand thing? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, everywhere in New Zealand. <laughs> just every, there's just mermaids everywhere. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. Anyway. Because the Lusankia surrendered to him, Wedge is the de facto captain, and with his powers, he has married Murex and Corrin already. Yay. Yay. Uh, Booster is not so happy about it, but less unhappy than he was before. He's really just mad because he Talon bet that this is exactly what they were doing, and Booster was like, lol, no. So... I mean, I'm always mad when I'm wrong about those things. Well, he lost like a million credits, so it's real. Uh, why would you bet on your daughter's wedding like that? Especially with Corin. Like, why Booster did they has... get married now? Booster, has anything gone right for you in this relationship? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, has anything went the way you wanted it to, Booster? The answer I mean, is no. <laughs> he got a big ship. I meant in the relationship. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay, but seriously, why did why why did they get married now? Because for some twisted reason they decided that Booster would be less mad if they were married than if they were engaged? They just didn't want to fight about it twice. (sighs) I wanted them to have a cute big wedding. No. Wedding episodes are my favorite. That's true, and that is very uncord like. Well, his dad's dead. What's the point of having a wedding? Oh, it's not like he has to have his dad walking down the aisle. But he would! Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) He totally would. He would absolutely have Halhorn walk him down the aisle. Yep. Accurate. Then Wedge has to say some closing remarks. And my favorite out of it was, And we did the things no one could have ordered us to do. We accepted the burden of responsibility thrust upon us and overcame the obstacles in our way. Rogue Squadron, past, present, and future. Those who oppose freedom and liberty oppose us. Let that fact give them pause to think and encouragement to travel the path of peace. So we got to the last page and Wedge started in on his monologue. Yep. And I was like, you better hurry up. We still have to have a Gavin Sad part. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just kept talking. Oh, dear. He's talking. As he's talking, he's just driving a knife into yeah. Gavin's is, chest. Is Wedge going to murder Gavin? <laughs> What's going to happen? Is there going to be an explosion for some reason? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in these books. That's right. Yeah. Well, Gavin survives another book. And thus concludes Michael Stackpole's X-Wing novels. Okay, where the hell is... What's your name? Rosati. She's there. She got mentioned. I mean, she She got mentioned. Actually, no, Iniri Forge got, like, the biggest shout-out. Like, they talked a whole paragraph to her, which was more than she got mentioned in the last two books combined. I know. I really just... They need more time. And it was all about how he was so grateful that she replaced her dead sister. (laughs) Great. 
I feel hey. so good about myself right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about feeling great about yourself, let's talk about Therapist Wedge. Therapist Wedge. Um, do you all have answers? I forgot to think of I an have answer. answer. I have an answer. Should I go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. This so, is- as a reminder, last week's question was, give us Therapist Wedge advice. So if I came to Therapist Wedge like three months ago when I was on the verge of murdering myself and everybody because of my job, he would say, if your job isn't letting you accomplish the goals you want, just quit and take your friends with you, but probably be lost without you and offer you your job back again if you ever want it. Aw. That's good. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I made a meme. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Damn it. So good. Oh my god. And it's I'm gonna hang it over my bed so that I remember because it's advice that I need to take sometimes. And Aww. it's therapist wedge telling me, Don't forget to take some time to do something just for you. Self care is important and you're worth it. Aww. Um Oh, this is hard. I should have thought about it in advance. Um I tried, and then I was like, I'm bad life advice, just like Wedge. Um, honestly, I think if I went to see Therapist Wedge right now, the advice he'd give me is just to throw yourself into it and just do it. So I think that's something he would do, because that's what he does with every single battle. Would he be referring to something specific? Just life in general. Okay. Or maybe specific things. I'm not going to tell you my life problems on this podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you're not telling me. You're telling Therapist Wedge. I thought we were friends. I mean, we are. I'm. I'm. It's not you guys. It's the listeners. <laughs> the fact that this is public. And... That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Fair. Next week on Rogue Padron, literally just <laughs> staff talking to therapist Wedge. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that therapist Wedge's advice is to live your life like your biographers behind your shoulder. Always terrible at things because someone's watching me is it it, it just means you'll be the it, you'll be the biographer you'll be your best you if you feel like it's being like recorded for posterity you know m is the biographer yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so wait live my life as if m is always watching me <laughs> yes is that where we ended up with this from behind while <laughs> winking <laughs> Live your best life, Danny. I mean, so long as he's glistening, I'm good. In other words, you should always be running as fast as you can. You'll get real fit. <laughs> that was the goal. Um, so those were our answers. We got four listener responses. So we can go through those right now. Matthew Appleby said, In life, surround yourself with scoundrels and rogues. That way you'll always fit in. Oh, um, throwing a little shade at us. I like that. <laughs> um, Mika sent two responses. Number one, if life gives you TIE fighters or married women, just go ahead and take a shot. Nice. That's good. <laughs> wow. That's really good. And number two, no matter how many times you fail to seize it, there will always be another Death Star. <laughs> so true. That's really funny, actually. That's meta. <laughs> Um, Nancy said he would give anonymity mutiny or give a four-step inspirational speech. You'll get there eventually. I love the four-step inspirational speech. Yeah. 
And Spitfire said he'd make everyone wear women's clothing on and only one boot. What? what? I don't understand. Spitfire, do you understand the question? <laughs> it's advice. <laughs> Is this a therapist thing that I don't know about? <laughs> Am I going to go to therapy and have to wear, like, my own clothes in one boot? Yes. Yes. Do you usually wear someone else's clothes and two boots? <laughs> I mean, I usually do wear two boots, yeah. <laughs> I'm already wearing women's clothes. What else am I going to do with that? Um, that means you're already halfway there, Saf. <laughs> you got this. You got this. <laughs> Does anyone have any nominations for Glistening Bodhi? Mika. I think Mika should get the Glistening Bodhi. Yeah, I think yeah. Mika's first response should get the glistening body, and Mika's second response should get the slightly smaller <laughs> glistening body. No, oh, wow. no, nope. gotta give we gotta give the smaller body to someone else. I vote Matthew because it's a little bit mean, but it's also good. It yeah. is a little bit mean. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly I like how it. I like it, but also okay. true. <laughs> so, congratulations, Mika, on your glistening body, and congratulations, Matthew, on your slightly smaller glistening body. Hope you enjoy them. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> enjoy Don't enjoy yeah. that listening mm. body. Yeah, that's a little weird maybe. What you do with your glistening body is your own prerogative journey. Anyway, <laughs> like, you can't tell us about it, but we uh-huh. might not want to know. <laughs> this week's question is, oh, this is such a good one. Describe Corin Horn's dream wedding. Oh my gosh, I need a week. Yeah, absolutely. His father is there. Like, well, five times. It's, like it's five just all his dad. It's ag- <laughs> Every person. The, the only there. people in attendance are Corn and Corn's dad. In your act, I guess. I mean, if she can't make it, it's fine. Right. We'll just have Corn's dad dress up in the dress. <laughs> yeah, that no, got weird fast. And it's Corrin, of course it did. That's me. That's that's me done. I answered this question. You can repeat it next week. Yeah. Oh, we're doing it next week. We'll okay. give our answers next week. And let's be real, listeners. We expect more than four responses. Come on, it's y'all. Really important. I feel like everyone has been, has been thinking about this from, like, book one. Yeah. This is an easy one to answer. And it this really is, is also our last listener question until 2017. So it is your last chance for a listening Bodhi. So if that doesn't motivate uh, you, I don't know what is. Odd. Yeah. I want a listening Bodhi. You have to submit a listener response, Saf. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. I'm not a listener. There are no rules here. <laughs> <laughs> Did rules you miss the one. part where we never wrote out know. the rules for the winning of the listening Bodhi? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. I fully intend to win one of these days. <laughs> I mean, I would have nominated you for that that meme, honestly. You won a glistening body in my heart. Oh, that's great, but I can't put it on a trophy shelf, Saf. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one at celebration. <laughs> Anyways, listener. Oh my God, can we get? Did... Wait, yes. I was just gonna say, can we get actual glistening bodies made? I'll think about yes. it. I'm going to make little glistening bodies. We could all just cosplay as glistening bodies. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. I don't want to cosplay just, as anything like, Can we hire someone to just have a spray bottle and just be constantly... <laughs> like, 
I mean, we're gonna be Moist. in Florida, <laughs> aren't we? Just gonna be like sweating it out the whole time, anyway. Well, we're gonna be inside for most of the time. Yeah, and Florida, <laughs> yeah, over air conditions everything, so we'll probably be shivering actually. Yeah, we're gonna be very cold. It'll help with the glisten because it'll catch the light as we shiver. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna make actual glistening body. So anyone going to celebration should look out for that. Um, <laughs> anyways. As Danny said, this is your last chance to get a Glistening Bodhi Award for the rest of the year. So if you want one, you should definitely answer this question. Hit us up at Rogue Podron on Twitter. Find us on our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. You can email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. And subscribe to us via the Far Far Away radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. And also, leave us a nice review. Or a mediocre review. <laughs> Just not a <laughs> I mean, we deserve it. Yeah. We deserve several glistening bodies. If you decide to give us a <laughs> mediocre review, go to iTunes and search for The Avatar State. Wow! Mediocre <laughs> review. You Danny has this like, vendetta episode. against Avatar State for some reason. When you listen, you will understand. <laughs> <laughs> that it's such a great podcast and Danny's wrong. <laughs> so next time... We have X-Wing, the Back to War, State of the Squadron, with our probably very special guests, Nancy and Brian from Toshi Station. Yay. So until then, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Glisten, 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 glisten. Booty. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue 7, signing off. Rogue 3, signing off. <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> is, is that the is the vibrato the glistening? <laughs> that's, what, that's what that is. I was trying to make it sound like my boo noise, which is apparently really good. Well, oh, so yeah, thank you, really because good. you just recorded our new outro. <laughs> good good excellent we handed out a lot of glistening bodies last week <laughs> glistening bodies for a lot everyone of smaller glistening bodies yeah, there were a lot of them <laughs> and people were really excited about it which made me happy I know. Did, so one guy cute. tweeted about it from a brand account. I was so impressed. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, there was one of the dudes, I guess, is on a podcast, a Star Wars podcast, of course. And he tweeted from the podcast account, like, I want a glistening Bodhi. Check out Rogue Podron. They're awesome. And he was like, like oh, I have Thanks. three purple hearts and a Pulitzer Prize, but this is my proudest moment. <laughs> yeah, but this glistening Bodhi, man. That is amazing. I don't think that actually happened. Oh. It should have put me down. Should've. We should give a glistening Bodhi to a Pulitzer Prize winner and see what they say. You'd be like, what is this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> Get this away from me. Yeah. I feel less smart just by looking at it. <laughs> but they feel warm inside, and that's what matters. They don't like that. They need to stay cold. <laughs> Keeps them motivated. I identify with that. <laughs> I know, Seth. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>